the axe of the blood god. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Axe of the Blood God, US Gamer's official RPG podcast. I'm your host, Cap Bailey. With me today, as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello, it's finally snowing here today. <laughs> oh, really? It is? Uh, it, it, it took that long, huh? It actually took a long time, I guess, because the climate being what it is these days, it does not snow as early as it used to when I was a kid. Here in uh, California, uh, half the state is being burned up with wildfires, which is terrifying. And yeah, that's scary. You seen that video of the the burning hellscape of people that people are looking out on as they're trying to drive to work? Yeah, I've seen an edit where someone uh, fixed a sign so it says "now entering 2018." Yeah, yeah, no, oh <laughs> my god, too real, too real, <laughs> way too real. Yeah, and here in San Francisco, it's supposed to be the rainy season, and it hasn't rained yet. Oh, that's kind of a problem. Yeah, it's a huge problem, considering that we only just finally came out of the mega drought, and it's like, yay, all right, back into drought conditions. I'm looking (laughs) forward to it. Hooray. Uh, As of, uh, we are actually recording this episode a little earlier in the week than usual, recording it on a Monday, because uh, Mm -hmm. by the time this episode comes out, I will be in the UK taking care of you folks not going to miss a week except for christmas we are going to miss christmas yes we are or hanukkah in your case nadia yeah yeah i I can do both i used to do both when i was a kid because my mom comes from like she's irish catholic and she's a convert so but that does not mean we don't have plenty to talk about do the grand finale of the final fantasy 9 report yeah Um, it's that time yeah nadia has officially finished it so you're going to go into that, and then next week we'll we'll do a wrap-up of the Final Fantasy IX report on top of our best RPGs of 2017. It's going to be a good time. It is going to be a good time. Okay, but uh, really quickly, can I talk a little more about Xenoblade Chronicles 2? Sure. Have you like gotten sick of it yet? I, it's still okay. Yeah, okay, I'm, still, so I'm still down <laughs> with it. I'm in Chapter 3 now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so... Since we last chatted, some things that have happened, uh, I have a full party now. Mm, congratulations. So I have the, the meme thing. I can never, <laughs> remember its, can never remember its name. His name is Tora. And the way, you know, the way you can remember his name is he has tiger stripes. Tora. Tora. Right. The thing with hands for ears. Yeah. I think that's just a, a trademark of the series. There are no puns. Okay. So they've been in all the games. In any case, I got that thing, and then I also got the girl with the tiger. Yeah. She's on my team now. Yeah. And I'm starting to do the gotcha thing and starting to get a whole bunch of uh, blades that I can choose from, but I've been continuing to lean on Pyra because she is, so far, pretty much the best in terms yeah. of just being able to deal out raw damage. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're not wrong, but I will say you will want to develop at least one more good blade uh, before, like, Chapter 7. So, I mean, you don't have to worry about it too much yet, but do have a backup. <laughs> Just, you know. I uh, So, the first blade I got was this healer that's kind of a brawler. Yeah. Who is able to just heal me continuously, and he's very useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I have been keeping him as the other blade on my mm-hmm. team that I can switch to if needed, uh, yeah. if I end up in a, a problematic spot. But uh, I don't know. I, I haven't had a ton of reason to do so yet. Yeah, yeah. I honestly will admit that I do not flip blades that often. That's why for a while I bonded the blades with uh, my other party members more frequently because they switch all the time. I never yeah. think to switch. That's what I've been doing, actually. Yeah. So... Tora can't bond with blades because no, Tora has a robot. Yeah. <laughs> a robot girl. Poppy. Poppy, who came in. And Poppy is a tank. Yes. Um, and I briefly tried to play as Tora and I was like, oh, no, went back nope. to Rex. <laughs> uh, playing as a tank isn't super fun. I was like, well, maybe I'll just tank damage and... Uh, and then I'll leave the DPS and everything to the computer. But then 
the computer was constantly switching back and forth and i was like uh maybe this isn't the most efficient thing yeah no playing as a tank isn't much fun tanks are super important in xenoblade but uh Mm -hmm. not much fun to play as and then uh the girl i don't remember what her name is but nia okay nia and tora i remember this now (laughs) nia and her tiger are the healers Yes. And so if she, and I've started bonding blades to her, but the blades that she's been getting are kind of, eh. So like, I'm like, oh, I eh. guess I'll just stick with the tiger. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, yeah, I bonded me Nia with that. At one point, I can't remember what part you get it in, but there's like a point where you get a, a certain legendary blade, and for some reason, I can't even remember how I got it, I just found it in my my inventory, and I said, okay, I'll give this to Nia, <laughs> and I gave her this blade. It turned out to be Wolfric, who's this huge, hulking, black hell knight who just wants to be friends with everyone, and he's pretty incredible. He's like a really powerful earth attacker. Really? Yeah. So it's worth uh, having her take that one? Sure. Um, can't hurt. She switches between it. Like I said, like, I forget to switch between my blades all the time, but she doesn't, and sometimes that benefits the party because she'll remember, hey, I can switch to this character. He has a really powerful attack. Uh, they put the, the the AI puts all the thinking that I don't want to do into the gameplay. <laughs> well, the dynamic is kind of... So every blade has a class type, yeah. as we were just discussing, attacker, healer, and tank. Yeah. And so you definitely want to set up your party... So that dynamic is in play because you you need a tank and you need mm-hmm. a healer or else you're going to just get rolled. Yes. And then and you, I, you, you also need DPS to be able to do a lot of damage because yes. a lot of stuff uh, takes a lot of damage. It's pretty insane. So uh, it, it feels a little like I'm being railroaded into my current party composition just a smidge. I, I tried some other blades. I got this mm-hmm. blade with a gun. <laughs> wasn't yeah, in place, place. wasn't impressed by the blade with the gun because it no, just wasn't doing slow. all that much damage uh and i also got one with a big axe mm-hmm. which was doing some area of attack damage or area of effect damage and stuff but felt too slow yeah yeah well he would be has big axe uh so i was like okay well i'll just stick with pyra and i've put a courtship on the brawler mm-hmm. blade as well so that they get a significant uh, increase in attack. And also because I have them attached to my party, I'm just continually fulfilling, I'm continuously fulfilling objectives on the little affinity thingy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty easy to do that. Um, so like I said earlier, certain blades have really weird circumstances that you need to fulfill to, to mm-hmm. level them up, but those aren't you probably won't encounter those until a little bit later uh but yeah most of them most of the systems take care of themselves in a weird way yeah i was a little confused by poppy to be honest yeah um because the ui for poppy is really different and strange yeah they didn't yeah it's you have to get used to a whole new set of menus basically yeah and you can change poppy's class yep but so there's right now poppy has the tank mod but I guess there are other mods as well. Yeah. So make her what you want, basically. She's a very customizable character if you can, if you have the time to bother with all that. Yeah. And I've started putting together the aux cores. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of regular common, uh, uh, regular common blade yeah, orbs, yeah. and I almost feel like it's a waste of time to summon them because i'm not going to get anything that's especially great no you're right i summoned you know what there does come a point where you've probably come across things like say a treasure chest or a draft of air that requires Mm. a certain uh field power that a blade might have like for example wind mastery earth mastery the Mm. common blades have that like the very basics but they don't have the really super useful stuff but it's good to have a few around just for that circumstance just for that purpose but -hmm. i would say don't feel bad about selling off some of your common core uh chips because you don't need like 35 of them (laughs) like i currently have yeah i don't feel like i do so it so i haven't really bothered making any more comments and they all come out as kind of basic robot people yeah it was a little disappointing yeah i was hoping for uh, a variety of more interesting designs 
There's actually, uh, have you gotten, like, there's a common beast type as well, which is kind of neat. I like those, but... Um, no beasts yet. They've all been the robots. Yeah, see, uh, it's, it might be handy to have a beast or two, because later on, when you open up uh, mercenary missions, uh, some of them call for a beast type. So it's good okay. to have a couple on hand. So there's some and a couple more. And I also have a, I've also received a few rare chips, and I have actually mm-hmm. summoned those, but... What I got out of that wasn't particularly interesting. Did he get any like weird booby chicks? Nope, no, no weird booby <laughs> chicks yet. <laughs> what I do sometimes is I uh, equip something that boosts my luck stat before I summon, and that sometimes helps me get a really good one. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not a guarantee. Hmm. But I, I haven't really had any trouble. Uh, I've kind of come to grips with the flow of the battle system. Yeah, I like the flow. Though, so I have figured out how to do a fair amount of damage using the blade combos. Because mm-hmm. what you got to do, I guess, is you initiate a blade combo by doing your kind of special attack. Yeah. And at one point, I waited until it was up to two. Yeah. And then I used it. And then I got, and then I combined that with the earth mm-hmm. one. And then somehow I unlocked a super attack from... Uh, from the robot Mm -hmm. and i was like how do i do that again (laughs) do you know how you do that again oh gosh it's so funny because if i have it in front of me i know what i'm doing but it's like explaining the rules of grammar uh fun fact about me i failed grammar every single time i took it in school like i'm talking about hard f's i just can't explain grammar but i can write good nadia and nadia is a staff writer at u.s gamer u.s gamer <laughs> yes i am but no i just it's, it's, it's like it's like that i know how something works but i can't tell you how something works and this is very much one of those cases best i can tell is the longer a battle goes on and the longer you hold off on using those special attacks the more powerful of a punch you can you can administer basically okay so what you're saying is i should wait till three and it then... never hurts but you know you don't have to do that because I think that uh, there is going to be, get to a point, you, you might even be at that point now, where battles can take a long time because enemies are damaged sponges. And mm-hmm. if you, you, I usually wait till two mm-hmm. uh, before I, I just initiate an attack. If you're going up against like a, a really powerful boss or one of those like super monsters, by all means, hold off. Uh, but uh, I would not bother too much about you know waiting forever. Uh, I'm sure someone has some good strategies, and they can probably drop some in the comments for you. They also included a a footnote where they were like, oh, by the way, <laughs> uh, you might want to keep in mind that if you keep spamming the same blade combo, the damage will go down considerably. I didn't but get that But you don't footnote. see anything else that reminds you of that after that point. I never saw that. <laughs> so... Bastards. So that's kind of a big deal. Just a small one, yeah. Hmm. I wonder how many people realize that, oh, if you keep using the same blade combo, you're going to do dramatically reduced damage. Maybe that's... Well, you know what? I don't think we have to worry too much about that because um, are they talking about individual blade combos or like the chain attacks? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know which one it is, but if it, if our party members shift the blades for us... Then I wouldn't worry too much about using the same attack over and over again. All right. In, in any case, I, I made it into Chapter 3, and now I'm at a point where I'm running through the vast fields mm. that I remember from Xenoblade Chronicles. It almost feels like a mixture of Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles X. It definitely does. Um, are you in? The, I can't remember if that's where you get to the kingdom where you actually get swallowed by a titan and you're inside of it. I have not reached that point yet. Because that's just a, a gorgeous, gorgeous landscape, which is funny because you're inside of a titan. Uh, you'll, <laughs> see, you'll see that pretty, fa- pretty soon. But yeah, you would be on like one of the bigger titans in the game. And yeah, it's pretty incredible. Uh, that's one thing I've actually noticed going back, back and forth between Zelda and Xenoblade because I'm kind of playing both at the same time. Zelda has the more, like, much, much more polished, much easier to control. The map is so much better. Xenoblade's map is terrible. But um, Xenoblade feels a lot more alive because you have... You go on to like those giant planes and you see like the enemies running around and interacting with each other. I really, really like that aspect of the series. Mm. I so basically the the plot has lost a lot of momentum at this point because mm. it's kind of sent me off on fetch quests. 
It'll do that. Yeah, it does that a lot at the beginning, but it picks up again. Because uh, Tora sent me to... So I ha- was running toward the, the objective marker. Uh-huh. And I eventually made it, and... They were like, go and collect all these items so I can build a ship or something. Yeah, I remember that. I got lost on that quest because I couldn't find where the hell I was going. I just know Taurus said, go to the Titan's bum bum. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I can go to the Titan's ass, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it, but it, it, really, it really starts to pick up after that, so don't worry. Yeah, it was a little confusing mm-hmm. because you you run toward the, the, the mission marker and mm-hmm. you get all of the things that you're supposed to get. And then you're like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. But the 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 a new mission marker does not appear. Mm-hmm. And you have to go into the objectives. Yes. And see, oh, I need to go and get some other like wood from this from this one tree or something. Yeah. Which it doesn't tell you how. Nope. You gotta find it. So you have to go to collection points. So mm-hmm. I just went to collection points until I finally got everything that i needed and then it'll go okay now head back yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, i was like okay oh and also when you're leaving the point where you do the initial collection a bird monster that's level 75 is lurking out there oh i remember that one what a jerk yeah it will kill you a whole bunch oh yeah (laughs) and rex will be like it's okay we can try again no we can't run yeah Thankfully, this game is very forgiving in terms of uh, it, it's very forgiving in terms of getting a game over. It's not mm-hmm. one of those games where you'll get thrown back several hours. No, no, it's basically it's like nothing happened. It was like I think I fell off a cliff and it was like, oh, what was that? I guess we took a wrong step or, or something like that. <laughs> one of the funniest moments I've, in the game for me was um, I was in the aforementioned Titan that you're, where you're inside this Titan and there's like cliffs everywhere. And I stepped off a cliff by accident because I... No, actually, I stepped off a cliff because I figured, okay, I'm going to be lazy and I'm going to land in the deep water and that'll, that'll save me a long trip. So I jump off the cliff and morning passes and Rex says, it's a new day, everyone. And then he f- pancakes on the ground because the water was too shallow. <laughs> and just the timing of it all is just fantastic. <laughs> it's a new day and now I'm dead. Uh, uh, so I'm still enjoying Xenoblade Chronicles uh, 2 and uh, I find it super chill because it's just a game that I can do with I can play without thinking too much exactly despite the fact that it's not really turn based um, Mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to get into a a battle and just go with the flow of the battle system until the battle is over and I think the the hardest thing, believe it or not, is just making sure that you don't aggro like 50 monsters by mistake. Yeah, I did that yesterday. I was playing and I I met a super monster and I said, oh, I could take this thing. And then I I swear to God, like 50 monsters piled on me at the same time. But I got through it. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. You're awesome. That was actually really satisfying. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, There are points where it's like, well, I'm doing okay. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I can survive this but this is super annoying yeah <laughs> exactly uh, i'm finding way too many monsters at once and this is going to take a while so buckle up i guess you do know how to like separate them from each other right like if you uh you can basically yeah. target you yeah, can so. taunt them over yeah and you couldn't do that with the first game i think so that's a really handy new feature yeah and then otherwise it's often it's just Oh, that is a giant pack of monsters. I better just kind of step around them yeah. because I don't want to have to deal with all of this. Oh, too late. Crap. Too late. Yeah. Once you get to a higher level, they're just like, yeah, I don't want a piece of you. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know that we're doing an actual Xenoblade Chronicles 2 report, but I'm continuing to play it. And until I get bored with it, I, I guess I'll just do regular check-ins. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, you'll be on the plane soon and that's a good, that's a good time to, to give it a good go. Well, that's where I'm going to wrap up Breath of the Wild. All right. Yeah, I'm wrapping up Breath of the Wild and maybe Mario Odyssey as well. Nice. Uh, I really do hope that your plane has a plug then, because one thing I learned since going back to Breath of the Wild is it will drain your battery like nothing else. Yeah, so does a lot of things. But And the best thing about being on the plane is that I won't be able to play Fire Emblem Heroes, which has inexplicably started stealing my time again. Okay. Yeah, I need to get away. (laughs) Run away! Run away from Krom.
All right, we're back here with Nadia. Uh, and Nadia, we're going to do the latest Final Fantasy IX report, which is the penultimate Final Fantasy IX report. And, well, you're done with the game. Yeah, I finished. It was, um, you know, when I picked up, it was actually quite a bit more than I thought it would be because I kind of had the impression that the final fight was in the next room, but that wasn't the case. Uh, just to recap, uh, Zidane went through his existential crisis um, so he was on his way to confront Garland, and we did. We went up against Garland. Uh, that was fun. And then Kuja, of course, says, ha ha, you know, thank you for getting uh-huh. rid of the old man for me. And he does, you know what he does? He does the exact same thing as Kefka in Final Fantasy VI, where Kefka kif- kicks Emperor Gestal off the island. He does the same <laughs> thing to Garland, like literally just kicks him off, like this platform they're hovering on. And I'm like, well, that was, a, that was a really interesting callback. Uh, but before Garland died, uh, he basically planted a seed of doubt into Kuja's head by saying, well, you're going to die too. Uh, you're not immortal. You're going to expire. And this causes Kuja to freak. And he he basically turns into, uh, he goes into a trance. Like everyone can go into a trance, but he goes into a trance and he takes off to the Ifla tree. I forget what it's called, that mystery thing. And... That's where the final battle takes place after you go through this weird realm of memories, which was kind of twisted and weird and full of weird things, and it says more cryptic stuff about souls and Terra and Gaia. And uh, But the long and the short of it is, you go up against Kuja, uh, you beat him, that was a pain in the ass, because he's just like equipped for days with all sorts of spells. And then, when it seems like, okay, well that's all said and done, that's great, the game goes full persona and puts <laughs> you against this like entity who says mankind desires destruction and oblivion and I will take everything back to zero because I will destroy the crystal and the crystal being like the source of all life and Kujo wanted to destroy it because his whole philosophy was, well, why should everyone live if I can't? Which is, okay, that's one hell of a tantrum. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tantrum, but you know what? I can, I can kind of understand that. It's a stupid reason, but it's, it's a reason. I don't know. Why, I don't know why this. I forget what the other guy's name was, Necron or or, or something of that sort. Where he just comes mm. out of nowhere and says, "I will kill you all." And we said, "No, we won't. We want to live because we're JRPG heroes." So we killed him. He's like, oh, "I am eternal." And yeah, that was the end of the game. And I, I don't know where the hell that last bit came from. But <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe that was supposed to be a callback to Final Fantasy IV, where suddenly Zeromus is the the bad guy out of nowhere. But this just was weird. So leading up to the final battle in the the final dungeon, uh, you get a really cool airship battle. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. That was when he uh, when you're going into the the area, you, he summons or whoever is behind it summons like just dozens of these silver dragon things that Kuja was riding on, which is a really intimidating thing to do because you fight one of, you fight one of them earlier in the game, and he, they're pretty difficult. They're not they're not easy to go down. I mean, like, one of them is, like, Kuja's companion through the whole game. So to see, like, thousands of them fly at you is like, oh, okay, okay we have a problem here. Yep. And uh, you get a really cool boss battle with a, a white dragon. Yeah, you get a, uh, I think it was called the Nova Dragon. That was a pretty neat-looking thing. I noticed it was also, uh, it kind of had a headpiece very similar to Panzer Dragoon's dragons. I thought that was a, a nice touch. For some reason, I thought the famous line... No cloud, no squall shall hin- shall hinder us. Uh, appeared <laughs> in this battle, but I guess it was during the play. Is it the play at the very end of the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I looked at Legends of Localization about that, and um, that was added by the translator. So that was kind of a cute little callback. It was a pretty good callback, and yeah, everybody immediately recognized it. But I remember there being some kind of callback to like Final Fantasy seven or eight uh, during the airship battle. Uh, it really reminded me more of four because uh, mm-hmm. with the giant of Babel, um, who kind of stomps through the underground and the dwarves and you, all the people from the airship, uh, uh, all all the people like all your allies basically um, come together and defeat it or stall it while you go in. Mm-hmm. And it's called Memoria. Duh. Memoria. Okay. The first time you see Memoria. Really cool kind of backdrop. Yeah. Sh- everybody's looking up and going, wow, what? that's an amazing map painting right there. <laughs> no, it was really neat. I really enjoyed that last dungeon. I thought it was the music was really good. I really, really like how uh, when you get towards the crystal where Kuja is, there's like kind of a the, the Final Fantasy crystal theme, but in a minor tone. 
mm-hmm. uh, kind of a perversion twisted version of it. That was that was a really interesting touch. The the, the dungeon itself is basically a boss run. Oh yeah, that's right. I came up against the uh, four fiends, and remember when I said, "Oh, why can't I fight the four fiends?" Well, I'm regretting that now. <laughs> they're pretty bo- They're pretty tough bosses, aren't they? They're, they're tough bosses. You fight all four of them again. Well, before you only fought the lich, but now you fought. You fight. Um, I can the never crack remember the, name of the, the lich, first one. Tiamat, and one other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lich comes back. Uh, Tiamat, mm-hmm. uh, Marlis, I think her name was the uh, snake lady. Hmm. And I remember the Kraken being pretty tough, actually. The Kraken was a jerk, because he basically inks your party, and you can't connect. Yeah, so you, you can't actually hit uh, the Kraken. And I can't remember if he has a counter to magic. He might have. I know a lot of them had counters, which are just like, wow, that's really dirty, buddy. Yeah, having auto-reflect in Memoria could be really useful. That was probably would have been a good idea. Yeah. Because I had auto, um, not auto-reflect, but I did have auto-regen. Mm-hmm. So having both would have been no, that would have made my life a lot easier. Remind me who your party was. I had uh, Zidane, uh, Garnet, uh, Vivi, and uh, Freya. And Freya, okay. And what was your main strategy? Uh, I've always been like, let's see. I usually had Vivi use Bio because Bio's always been like a good standby spell for uh, Final Fantasy. I would have uh, Garnet do a couple of summons, but not too much, because she was the healer slash buffer, although Vivi did some buffing as well. Uh, Zidane just hit things, and um, usually Freya, she would use, like, one of her dragon powers, like, she did, uh, I think I would use her uh, regen spell a lot before I finally put auto-regen on my party. Uh, failing that, she would usually just jump. Hmm. And so, when I originally played this game, and I might have told you this, when I, I I made it all the way to Memoria, but I could not beat the uh, one of the four fiends. I it was either it was either Kraken or Lich. I could not yeah. beat. Like they just beat me, and it became painfully apparent that I was underleveled. Right. And rather than rather than level up, I ended up putting the game aside, mm. and it took me. A couple of more years before I finally went back and beat it. You were like right there too. Although, Ex- except I didn't play from that point. I started over. Oh, oh, that w- that would have been. You know, what? I probably would have done the same thing. I'm sure I would have done the same thing because if you're under level at that point, you say to yourself, "I went wrong somewhere. I should start again." Pretty much, and I think it's actually really easy to be under leveled at that point if it you. Is are just playing through the game normally because there's a pretty substantial difficulty spike when you're fighting those those guardians yeah yeah because um first of all there's a real gauntlet going on there's several bosses to do at once um and only sometimes you get a chance to go back and save and heal up but yeah i actually did quite a bit of leveling up before uh going up against the 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 final run and that's easy enough with the the new game because uh i can just fast forward through everything but uh yeah, it's not an e- it's not easy towards the end, and up until that point, I really wasn't having a huge problem with anyone. Yeah, if you didn't bring a if you didn't bring the right number of items with you, mm-hmm. uh, you definitely want to stock up and everything heading into this final battle. Uh, yeah, by com- compared to it's certainly a lot more involved than say the final dungeon in Final Fantasy VII, the the crater. Yeah, yeah the crater is pretty straightforward. Uh. And maybe not as involved as Final Fantasy VIII's Final Dungeon, where you have to get all of your abilities back. Uh, but there's not really any puzzles. You're just kind of no. running through and trying to survive. Yeah, it's very much a, a gauntlet of, of survival. Battle of attrition. Yes. Yeah. While it, also kind of telling a story, because uh, the whole point is that you are seeing the memories of various people in Gaia and all that. Yeah, Um I mean, this is something we'll probably go over in our uh, wrap-up for Final Fantasy IX, but uh, a lot of the story just didn't make a lot of sense, and I feel like <laughs> that was a little bit out of place towards with this game, which is very a very cute, straightforward game that wants to be like the like Final Fantasy IV or Final Fantasy I, which is a very good versus evil struggle. And it just feels like it loses the thread towards the last third. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, like I said, what the hell is with that Persona guy? It, it just... It's just all a little bit strange, but we'll go more into that, I think, with our wrap-up. 
Uh, so in terms of the final battle with Kuja, what do you think about that? Uh, a little bit low key for a Final Fantasy battle. I'm yeah. so used to like bosses coming down with like six angel wings and you know four <laughs> heads or whatever, and Kuja was just he went Super Saiyan four, and he had some sort of weird circle behind him that looked like an Ouroboros. Frankly, now that I think about it, I said, "Oh, okay." So yeah, that was a uh, he used Flare Star, and uh, that was a pain in the ass. But uh, no, it was it was an okay battle. At least it had his theme. I like his theme. So. So you fight a dragon first. Yeah, you fight the Nova Dragon first. You fight a dragon, then you fight Kuja, and then you fight Necron. So technically speaking, there are like three different boss forms. Yeah. Compared to Ultimecia, who is Ultimecia, and then second form, third form, and then whatever the heck time uh, <laughs> time compression Ultimecia. Yeah. <laughs> Extreme Ultimecia. Where you're... So that's four forms right there. Yeah, and uh, when you think back to uh, Final Fantasy VI, you had that tier uh, mm-hmm. of bosses, which I thought was incredibly cool, but if you don't have a bunch of characters who are leveled up properly, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, so. it, it's almost... It feels like it harkens back to Final Fantasy IV, even, because you... Don't you fight... Don't you have a fairly straightforward final battle... And then you have to fight Zeramis, and then you're done? Final Fantasy IV, I think Golbez and uh, Fusoya soften up Zeramis, and then you go mm. in. But on the, the path to Zeramis is pretty brutal, especially towards the last few floors, where every random encounter is a boss. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I didn't find out until many years later, you can use Edge and use Smoke to get out of there. But otherwise, you can't run away from most of those battles. And we're talking about, like, two red dragons at once or two behemoths at once pretty brutal i mean in final fantasy 9 you're i mean you're fighting all of the the usuals in memoria you're fighting the iron giant and i I was really happy to see the iron giant come back iron giant's Uh, back uh behemoths are there oh one uh, thing we forgot to mention was uh kuja had another boss um with him he called him death gauze or something it was obviously a mistranslation of death gaze but yeah i was like oh hey you're from final fantasy 6 How's it going? He actually had him with him? Oh, right. He summoned yes. him or, or something. The yeah, and you had to fight him. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the forms, essentially, that you have to fight. So it's like a three-part battle, Yeah, right? yeah. That's right. Yeah. So dragon, doom gaze, death gaze, and dude. So I remember being kind of let down by that final battle. It was, a, like I said, it was very subdued, wasn't it? Like, compared to... Mm what you usually get um i was a little surprised it was it was a bit anticlimactic i would say yeah and because, like but i i think just by virtue of by comparison of what we were used to exactly at that point where it's oh yeah the final battle is this where they just go all out with the yeah. insanity of all of the different <laughs> forms even though like sephiroth that was essentially a three-part battle because you had to fight Genova. yeah and then you had to fight giant sephiroth that was a relatively easy battle but one-winged angel sephiroth was a mega event all by itself yeah that was incredible for the time Uh, i'm not a big fan of uh of uh one-winged angel now and god knows i hate watching that summon the supernova summon over and over again i think it's still pretty rad (laughs) (laughs) it was rad the first time but they started doing it again and again i'm like sephiroth stop he only ever got one off against me okay well i'm bad and as long as I had a Mega Elixir with me, I was fine. Yeah, you you always always gotta have those Mega Elixirs. Because otherwise, you're gonna be like a confused frog that's down to no life whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Kefka's favorite trick in Final Fantasy VI. Uh, was he cast Fallen One as his very first move every single time? And if you're stricken with uh, something that saps your your HP, you could be in mm. a lot of trouble if you don't have a Mega Elixir. So the arrival of Necron. Hmm. I hated that the first time I played it. Uh, I bet. <laughs> I have a little more perspective now. Okay. They are clearly trying to call back to chaos in the original Final Fantasy. Oh, okay. The time loop and everything? But I don't Just see the it. whole idea of you beat the final boss, but chaos is always out there. Right. And chaos is going to come out and you're going to have to fight chaos now because the whole point of Final Fantasy is life versus death. Right. 
and especially Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine. That yeah. was a huge theme, especially in seven and nine. Yeah, nine is really big on life versus death, especially towards yeah. the end. And so it sort of makes sense in that that is a it's just a callback. The, the okay, battle yeah. itself is just a callback to the original Final Fantasy. Okay, it makes a little more sense in that perspective, but as taken as an individual event, it doesn't. It still mm-hmm. seems really weirdly out of place. I was yeah, it's just like that. what? What's going on? What? Who are you? You look weird. Way to come out of nowhere, dude. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I guess here's the thing about Final Fantasy IX. It's such a story about like finding purpose in life, mm-hmm. and that's great. But then to have someone come at the last second and say. Uh, you know, oh, it's you all crave nothingness, and they have to stand there and say, "No, we we love each other. We're friends." It's just so corny and so unnecessary. Sure. Very anime. Very very anime. It, it didn't really need to be there. But at the same time, if you say that everybody's searching for the purpose in life, then Necron, you could say, represents the darkness in all of our hearts, mm-hmm. and the idea that no, just because they've found their purpose or they're feeling better about themselves doesn't mean that everything is fixed, the darkness is always out there. Right. And I figure it's also a callback to Final Fantasy VI again, where Kefka, at the very end of the, the game, uh, he's basically destroyed the world, and he just wants to like keep destroying it and, and, until it's nothing. And his whole thing is, well, what's the point? Why do you keep on living? Why do you keep on fighting? And the party's members stand there, and they tell him specifically. So you had a little bit of that going on, too, in uh, in Nine. I always loved the big moment in any RPG, especially a JRPG, where all of the characters would stand out and talk about why they were fighting. Yeah. It's <laughs> so they like, did that yeah. a lot in Fire Emblem as well. You would I always... It, I, I call it the anime love-in. <laughs> I love it. Come on. It's, it, it's so... It's very, oh, God, very it's so cheesy. Very yes, cheesy, but heartwarming. Very cheesy, but heartwarming. Uh, but Necron goes down... And you, uh, oh, tell us what happens next. Uh, basically, um, Zidane goes back for Kuja because mm-hmm. he senses Kuja's still alive somewhere within the uh, the tree. And everyone's saying, you're crazy. Why would you do that? And uh, Zidane says, well, if I was in his shoes, I might have gone down the same path, like in terms of trying to kill everyone. So he finds, uh, he finds Kuja in the tree. And there's this really great Matrix moment where uh, he's falling and he's falling and he passes, he rushes past uh, Kuja and he, they just kind of stop and look at each other for a second and then, of course, he, he falls the rest of the way. Um, so they, they, they sit there and they talk a little bit and I don't know if Kuja died or not. I, I, I kind of got the impression he might have but because uh, basically the tree closes in on them um, and uh, a year passes uh, and everyone's getting together again in Alexandria to see uh, the canary thing, the canary play. And uh, Garnet is queen. Um, Beatrix looked like she was about to, to retire, but she changed her mind at the last minute. Vivi had children. I don't know what the hell that was about. <laughs> he just butted or something. Uh, but the That's what she meant when you were like, Vivi sprouted. <laughs> That's right, in Slack. I just wrote out of nowhere, did Vivi sprout like a plant? <laughs> so that was that must have been interesting out of context. Vivi uh, is doing what uh, robots do, I guess. Um, making other I mean, robots. The singularity is near when robots start to create new robots, and that are self-improving. That's the singularity, and they will continue to self-improve into infinity. Well, <laughs> that's what we're seeing with Vivi. Well, good luck, everyone. Singularity is near. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Ray Kurzweil. <laughs> but um so yeah they they do the play and uh i thought it, it, they kind of infer that uh zidane is dead but surprise he's not dead he's playing the lead in the play and he takes off his cloak and he hugs garnet and that was kind of sweet mm. and it, it was a it was a, a a nice heartwarming ending i don't know how he survived uh, i think garnet asked him the very same question and he said i had no choice except to come back mm-hmm. so he's back and um yeah uh, everyone's mostly happy. Uh, I did notice, side note, that uh, uh, Beatrix's uh, Save the Queen is actually the same one Celeste uses in Final Fantasy VI Advance, so there's that link established, I suppose. And she ends up with Steiner. She does. It's kind of cute. 
She ends up with They Steinick. lit the sword together, and it's yeah. very cute. <laughs> I thought that was a nice little touch, especially like since the really it's the one of the last defining moments in the game, and they get it. Zidane came up, coming out of nowhere, being like, da-da, survived, reminds me of the end of Final Fantasy X-2, where uh, just Titus just randomly shows up, and everybody's on the beach, and he runs out to... Uh, uh, and he runs out to y- Yuna. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, well, okay, I guess you weren't imaginary after all. There you are. <laughs> I'm actually like, even though it was very cute and sweet, I'm a little disappointed they just didn't kind of kill him off. I know they wouldn't because Final Fantasy characters, they're the heroes just don't die. Um, heroes never die. Sorry. It takes a lot of guts to kill your hero. Thinking on it, the only RPG I can think of off the top of my head is Terra Enigma. That was yeah. a really sad ending. They should have left him dead. What's that? His purpose was fulfilled. He should stay dead. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. Just, uh... What What do you think, people? Do you think that Zidane should have stayed dead? Tell us in the comments, and we'll discuss this next week. It'd be kind of sad for Garnet, because, well, she was obviously missing him a lot. But life goes on. That was the whole theme of the, the game. Yeah. I, I like the song Melodies of Life, by the way. That's a nice song. It's a really nice song, and I like it on yeah. the overworld as well. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Uh, and this was obviously the point where Final Fantasy always had to have a song. Always had to have that song. And to be honest, it's one of the better ones. Um, For sure. Not that I don't like Eyes on Me, but... Uh, I think Eyes on I think Melodies of Life holds up much better than Eyes on Me. Yeah, and I'll, I actually, you know, speaking of sad endings, uh, Final Fantasy VIII kind of had a sad ending, uh, with Laguna at least, but... Uh, Final Fantasy VIII definitely had a bittersweet ending because there was a time loop established mm-hmm. where you see Ultimecia beam back to the past and uh, pass on her sorcery powers to Edia. Mm-hmm. And you know that, oh, okay, well, this is all going to happen again. It's a stable time loop and everything, but... yeah. Uh, it has a really cute ending with the video. Yeah, <laughs> the video was in funny. the garden, the uh, and a Zell stuffing his face full of hot dogs and such. Doesn't he choke or something? And yeah, no, he's like totally death. choking. He's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine saving the world and you die because you choked on a hot dog. That's a very Zell thing to do. Yeah, that's true. And the very final scene, of course, is um, uh, the Renoa and Squall kissing. Yeah, uh, under the moonlight, under the yeah. light of a demon moon. But under the demon moon, how appropriate! Uh, I I liked that it ended. I like that it brought things full circle with the play again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I liked that. That was a cute way for Zidane to make his comeback and everything. So yeah, yeah. Uh, congratulations, Nadia! You've officially wrapped up Final Fantasy IX. Woo! I can check it off my bucket list. I'm done. Initial thoughts. Uh, initial thoughts before we move on. Uh, yeah, like I said, we'll go into this more next week, I suppose. But um, it was definitely one of the, the better uh, Final Fantasies uh, mm. by, by a long shot. I think the uh, end's I, pretty messy, to be honest. The end is very messy, and that's something I'll get into next week. Uh, I really feel like it slips in the pat in the last third of the game, but overall, it's just a very, it's a very solid, cute package, and I, I'm glad I played it finally. People are going to think I'm totally insane for saying this, but mm-hmm. in some ways, I think Final Fantasy VIII is tighter. <laughs> oh, you're going to get destroyed. I, just in the sense of th- that plot is extremely messy, mm-hmm. but you, uh, right around the midpoint, you realize that, okay, here's, hmm, maybe not, maybe it's not as, maybe it's a lot messier than Final Fantasy IX, but... <laughs> I do remember really enjoying the the kind of the finale mm-hmm. uh, with the... Uh, it has a lot of really great individual moments. Mm-hmm. Which, nine or eight? Nine, or eight. Eight does. Eight yeah. has a lot of really great individual moments with the... There's the lunar cry and um, going into Esther for the first time. Mm-hmm. And... Obviously, the the final the time compression loop and the the final battle in Ultimacia's castle. I, I definitely think Final Fantasy VIII has a much better final battle as a whole. Probably, yeah. Um, I feel like the last bit of Final Fantasy IX was redeemed a bit by the Memorium place. Mm-hmm. I just think that was a really neat area. But yeah, we'll get into that next week. I think Nine does have a stronger overall story. 
Oh yeah, sure. absolutely. But it's very was... beholden to its um to its references and everything. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. And if I had to go back and play one of them, I'd probably play eight. But I should I should give eight another try because I, I did get mm. quite a bit into it, but I did not finish it. I just got fed up with it. Twenty eighteen Final Fantasy Eight report. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nadia, as usual, we will read off a few letters from our readers. Writer Kicker says, not much for the Blood God this week, except I just got Breath of the Wild. Wow, there you go. Very great walking simulator, but must finish Odyssey. (laughs) One more thing, Monster Hunter demo released today, and I'm being extremely noob. Managed to survive two hunting trips with Bob Mackie. Wow, well, Writer Kicker and Bob Mackie, apparently friends. Oh, that's nice. I can see why it's quite fun, though. It's bizarre you swing an axe with the R2 trigger. Mm. Satellite of Love says, Saga Frontier was a supremely Kawazu-ass, Kawazu-mess, my lord, (laughs) that music. And includes some music. uh, And there's some love for Saga Frontier's Tau music. um, Mm. And, of course, that wonderful watercolor art style of Saga Frontier, too. It's pretty gorgeous. Kuninino says, regarding Nier's combat, I think its simplicity complements a 10-hour of playthrough. Unfortunately, since Automata is in the 30 hours range and two-thirds of it consists of repeating content, the simplicity becomes a detriment. By the time you've button-mashed your way through, your way out of yet another repeated boss, trust me, Cat, you'll long for something different. Nier is no Neo when it comes to combat, unfortunately. It's barely above the first Devil May Cry. However, combat isn't the point of near. Take into account the whole experience, and it's unlike anything else out there right now. I mm-hmm. think Neo and Near are a bad comparison. This is an interesting comparison. Uh, the only, the most, the thing I know most about Neo, uh, Neo is that is a lot like the Souls games, if I'm not mistaken. And also, there's this cutscene I love where this guy pulls out a cat and checks his eyes to see the time. And he he just has it in his vest, and he's like, dawn is breaking, and he puts the cat back in his vest. It's like, just totally straight-faced. It's amazing. Neo is, uh, Neo is, I mean, Dark Souls meets Devil, uh, meets Team Ninja. Mm, oh boy, so that's if you want to die twice? It's meant to be, just, it's meant to be complicated in that regard. And, I mean, and Devil May Cry is a straight action game. Mm-hmm. Nier is more of a meditation. Yeah with action elements <laughs> I w- action i've also been playing more of that um i'm at the point where let's see what just happened I, I i had to do a really annoying fetch quest in that one gave up there no i i didn't give up i did the fetch quest but i actually continually get lost because mm. the pathing on the map isn't super great right so I spent a lot of time figuring, okay, what am I, where am I supposed to go? Oh, I have to go into a building and then go up <laughs> here and then climb this. And like, uh, do, do you see what I mean? So I was having yeah. a hard time doing some of the navigational stuff. But Yeah, that's one thing I actually adore about Breath of the Wild is it maps out its topography so well. Yeah, yeah. Xenoblade, Chronic- Xenoblade Chronicles 2 also has a bit of a problem with overly complicated maps. Yeah, where I'm trying to be like, okay, well, I'm heading toward this marker, but there's something in my way. God damn it. Yeah. Where's the exactly. alternate path? Exactly. Like I said, with the Zelda, the topography is there, so you know exactly how high something is. Xenoblade Chronicles is like, here's a shade of gray, and here's another shade of gray. Figure it out for yourself. <laughs> All right. And, of course, as always, Axel Vlog on US Gamer Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are sold. Make sure to subscribe to us on all of the social medias. US Gamer Net, the underscore cap off for me. At Nadia Oxford, at is for Nadia Oxford. The, uh, the one game we really, really should talk about at some point is Thousand Year Door, because that is just an excellent game. Thousand Year Door, I mean... You didn't like that's, it? Uh, it's stretching a... Oh, no, that's a Paper Mario game, though. It's a Paper Mario game, And Paper yeah. Mario games are... A, uh, those aren't really RPGs. They're more platformers, right? No, th- this one was really more of an RPG. Lately, it's mm-hmm. been more uh, platformy. But no, this was like a this was a very RPG-ish RPG. Okay. And uh, it was a it was just funny. It had fantastic soundtrack. I mean, one of the first things you see when you walk into town is the outline, like of a, a, a body chalk outline of a toad, <laughs> and you see a mob hit with the piantas, like from <laughs> Super Mario Sunshine, which I've never done anything useful. In the series, except be mob bosses in Thousand Year Door. 
Everybody says Paper Mario Thousand Year Door is easily the best out of the entire series, and that is hilarious. So Yeah, I absolutely. I actually really wanted to come on to uh, the Switch somehow. If yeah. they do a remake, if they do a re-release, I don't care. I am playing it. <sighs> Man, I am so of two minds about the whole Switch thing in that... Mm. On the one hand, it is awesome to get games like Bayonetta on there because I'm like, yes. oh, sweet. I can replay these games in portable and it looks great. And this is just a perfect fit for the Switch. And I can sit on my I, I can sit on my chair next to my window with a cup of tea, listening to whatever, listening with my headphones on, playing this game. This is phenomenal. And if I mm-hmm. want, I can play it on my TV. But there's another part of me going, oh, my God, is the Switch just going to be re-releases for unto the ending of time? Because I think that's what's going to happen. Next year, it's going to be all freaking re-releases. I guess we'll have to see because, um, I mean, this year had a lot of original titles. But, of course, most of those came from Nintendo. But that same old, oh, same old. It's all going to be ports next year. <laughs> ports for days. So Bayonetta well, 3 on- being announced is pretty exciting. Yeah, that was a, that was a nice uh, little announcement. Nice reveal. I really hope that Nintendo has something up its sleeve for next year because it really sure sure does feel like they shot all of their bullets this year. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Smash Brothers. Smash, oh, for sure. But, it, I mean, it might just be a port of Smash 4. Anyway, yeah, I, I digress. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more next year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is the second to last uh, Acts of the Blood God of the Year next year. Uh, next week, we'll be back to do a, a wrap-up of the year uh we will name our top five rpgs including acts of the blood the acts of the blood god's favorite rpg of 2017 and uh we'll also wrap up our final fantasy 9 report but until then for bob nadia and myself thanks for listening and until next time happy adventuring happy adventuring